0: and welcome to we bought a mike or should i say we bought an extended series of uh shitty um transactions that shouldn't have happened in the first place but we um i don't want to get too spoilery with that <laughs> we we bought a public school systems education um, there you go there you go that's a little bit more spoiler free uh i'm Ernest. i
1: am uh public school taught so don't judge me for any uh bad word i speak uh hunter
2: Mm -hmm. and i'm uh pleasantly surprised drew because i knew not a nary a thing about bad education before we watched it which i watched it today and i really enjoyed this movie it was really great so i i want to I want to
0: say that I think the best way to talk about this movie is to just get super spoilery super quick because it is a true story. It is based on real events. So you can basically spoil this movie for yourself by reading the fucking log line on HBO. Um, It is Bad Education. It stars Hugh Jackman. It's directed by Corey Findlay, written by Robert
2: Kolkler and Mike Mikowski. yeah robert wrote the new york times article oh that, there you go yeah and then mike mikowski is the screenwriter mike mikowski 29 years old yeah i, uh, I, I and, ba- and then the Corey finley uh, just turned 31 years old uh, yeah this year.
0: previously of thoroughbred's fame which came out about three years ago now i kind of want to say uh he wrote and directed that that was his debut um and this is his follow-up although he didn't write it but it's his directorial follow-up. Uh, HBO original and a uh oasis in a desert of new movie releases in 2020. So thank you, HBO. And yeah, this movie is not just like there's nothing else out good. So it's all we have to talk about on the podcast. It's genuinely like a really great movie with a really great performance from Hugh Jackman. So and please, many others,
2: too. Yeah, just please like, check really it, just it out. Across the board, killer performance. I, I, yeah, I,
0: I guess some some spoiler-free thoughts before we, we jump in real quick. So I don't know, because I have not seen Thoroughbreds. Ernest, have you seen
1: Thoroughbreds? Yeah, good movie. Okay. Um, I don't know how that was directed. I know that um, he didn't uh, write this movie like he did with Thoroughbreds, but I thought that it was one of the better, um, like, true story tellings, uh, like a telling of true events that have already happened that I've seen in a while. It was very unique and maybe it's because I have no familiarity with the story. I knew Uh, absolutely nothing. You messaged us, and we were like, what are we going to do on the podcast this week? And you're like, I saw this movie Bad Education it's really good. So I checked it out, knew absolutely nothing about it and I was so pleasantly surprised by this that a lot of times true stories, as much as I kind of like the um those kind of historical tales i mean i talked about dark waters a couple weeks ago which is a very by the numbers movie um but it was still entertaining to me i thought that this was really uh very uh like it moved very well for a Mm -hmm. movie that is just based on true events and most of that is carried by the performances no yeah
2: it was it was light on its feet which is really rare for this type of fucking movie like because these movies can get so bogged down in the little minutia of what actually happened and this movie contains so much of what actually happened in real life but instead it chooses to retain focus on human relationships and the performances of these absolutely killer actors uh, and also very quietly, like brilliant directing by Corey. It doesn't like get yeah. in the way ever, um, but it's really quietly like super dexterous the way the camera is is kind of guiding our attention.
0: Yeah. Throughout. And it, it, there are these like little sprinkles, little touches here of like a hyper stylized sort of flair, but it's not like uh although there is like one moment I read at the very end, but it's not like, it doesn't like break the reality of the movie in it in any way, um, but it just does add like a little tiny bit of heightenedness that a story like this usually doesn't get. Um, so there is like a sort of directorial creative flair to the movie while still being very sort of straightforward.
2: Yeah, it's very grounded and uh, he knows the value of the actors that he has. on. Yeah, screen that's
0: the editing. biggest win. Actually, I kind of want to want to lay out uh, real real quick is the uh, the cast, um, I think, is the standout biggest win in the movie. Of course, Hugh Jackman. At this core performance is the the
2: standout, but I think everybody just gels super well. Yeah, Allison Janney is uh, he's I mean, she's a lock to just be like uh, like one of the best performances in anything that she's ever been in. Like she she's always the best of the best, and she's absolutely killer in this movie. Um, one of my only critiques of the movie is that I wanted more of her and Jackman together because their chemistry and the the interesting relationship of these two characters. Was electric to me, and we only get about two scenes with them really interacting. Um, however, they both absolutely slay. Uh Anna Lee Ashford as Jenny is one of my favorite comedic performances I've seen in th- this year or last. Like just a quietly fucking hilarious character. Um, and then you know, you got like your heavier like Ray Romano. Uh, Romano Sans he- baby. He's hey, so we love him. Good.
0: We love, love we love some Ray.
2: I did
1: want to also shout out uh, Geraldine
2: Viswanathan. It's it's, uh, Viswanathan.
1: Viswanathan, excuse me. um, Who was, the only other time I've seen her was in Blockers that came out a couple of
2: years. (laughs) Yeah. Remember Um, we reviewed that?
1: yeah uh not a very good movie. This is much better, and I think that she
0: is really, she was really good in blockers good. she was actually no, no 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 one of the best she, parts of blockers.
1: I think that we did highlight her at the time, and I probably mispronounced her name on that podcast as well um but I think that she was great in that movie, and she's even better than this is like. I love, without getting into spoilers, the way that Hugh Jackman's character sets her up for her path on the movie at the very beginning of the film. I think it's just genius uh, how that all pays off. Um, But no, yeah, I just, I think that these movies kind of, in my mind, maybe it's not necessarily fair, but I think that they do have a ceiling to them. It's a pretty high ceiling. Uh, but I think that this movie comes pretty close to that. Just as I far think as it does too. mostly it also, enjoyability. Like well, it's yeah, that's fun that's movie. the
2: thing. Is another another great choice that I guess you could attribute to Mike Mikowski, the writer, is that uh, we we narrow down the amount of characters that we follow, despite this being definitely ensemble movie. A movie like Spotlight or The Post, you're just all over the place and you're not really getting to settle in to get to know anybody. Yeah. And it's a damn shame. Those movies in general, I do not like as much as I like this movie because this movie is allowing time to breathe and get to know these people and like, how they feel in their relationships and how they are taking in events like in real time yeah. as opposed to just a giant uh, mechanically moving plot that you find in a movie like The Post or Spotlight.
0: Yeah. i I have some thoughts on that specifically once we get to spoilers, uh because having Hugh Jackman in this role really dictates that piece of it because we instinctually gravitate towards him and are inclined to like him, and what unfolds uh you know kind of goes against that, but um just real quick some other cast members that i want to shout out uh, jimmy tatro has like two scenes yeah. in this movie and i was like I oh, love, him, love that guy okay. yeah I american love so Vandal. Much. so good um alex wolf lord uh payman himself yeah um yeah, looking payman. great and um god what's the guy's name i think it's stephen no that's not him it's the guy from blind spotting um Oh yeah. What's this guy's name? I can't find him on IMDb. Maybe he wasn't in the movie. (laughs) (laughs) No, I but so you Rafael Rafael Casal. He is the the white guy in blind spotting. Like completely different roles in yeah. blind spotting than in bad education.
2: Yeah, incredibly like, good. Yeah. I didn't even I didn't even recognize him. Trans- you just transform- blew my fucking mind.
0: Yeah. Fucking transformative performance. Like
2: he's incredible.
0: Yeah. Like he is uh very, very uh unknown. Right now, and I really, really hope mm. that people start paying attention to how talented this guy. Is. Yeah, that just how you just
2: that just blew I, me away. Already. I also
1: did not even recognize it. I looked it up and I'm like, oh no, he plays like a moderately prominent role
2: in the film, and I just didn't even recognize. Well, truly, him. Yeah. like a, yeah, like you said, a polar opposite <laughs> character though, because he's incredible in blind spotting too. Yeah, yeah, and that's a tricky role as well. These are yeah. both tricky roles. Just
0: completely different people, like full on chameleon mode. This guy, so talented. But, um, like,
1: I, I did was to say, I mean, we've talked about the ensemble and stuff, but I thought that there is a perfect balance of not having too much of these characters. Like, I feel like I had just enough Ray Romano, speaking.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. I didn't,
1: I didn't need any more Ray Romano, and the film knew that. If anything, I wish that if we could do anything to this film, I would add 15 minutes to add, like you said, Drew, more moments between Alice and Janie and Hugh Jackman, because they are mm-hmm. both, like... two of the top like 20 actors in their fields right now yeah
2: well I'll be dead honest too I had a lot more faith in Alison Janney than I did Hugh Jackman going into this movie just in general because um, Jackman is kind of, you know, he's done some really broad, corny fucking performances yeah. before. But <laughs> yeah, Greatest Showman and shit. He really blew me away, though. This is a, a much smaller role, but it also is a big character, but one that did exist in real life. So there's a balancing act there. He also looks just like Al Pacino as Jimmy Hoffa <laughs> in The Irishman. Solidarity! Except, not, except he doesn't have those giant Pacino eyes. Um, uh, but, but i truly enjoyed uh, every second of his performance dude he
0: is phenomenal like a lot of people are calling this his best performance ever and i don't know if i'm quite there yet but it is hard to argue with that like whole i mean i'll shit, say that, that I, this is my favorite good. of
2: his i'll put it performance wise i'd put this above logan
0: okay yeah that's what the about, one that's the about one that the greatest really, showman
2: Greatest I, showman, anybody?
0: Um Le Le he, is, he is really fucking good in Le Miserab. Um yeah. but guys, we're not talking enough about X-Men Origins Wolverine. You no, know, that's come on. I
1: you acknowledged it and I think that that's all that it needs. Yeah. Um he also gets the award for most generous casting. Cause I don't know if you looked up who uh what Frank Tisson looks like, but um Yes. Man does not look like fucking Hugh Jackman. I'll say that much. Well, uh, uh,
0: that That is the point that I wanted to get to in spoilers, which I guess we can get to in a second. I did just want to also um, make sure that we acknowledge the uh, 2004 motion picture Van Helsing, uh, written and directed by Stephen Somers, starring about, Hugh Jackman. You guys are
1: even saying prisoners, which is the most obvious. Oh, yeah. That's the most obvious choice yeah, here he is. to have on here. He's incredible in Prisoners. He's he so good in Prisoners.
2: Good. He is. Uh, so this, this week, the movie that we watched is called Bad Education.
1: Uh,
0: <laughs> and, um, the, the career arc segment that I've been, that I've been uh, trying to, to do, Hugh Jackman, could be a good one. Yeah,
2: um, yeah. As his far career as, is
0: going in a good direction right as now. As far
2: as uh, spoiler-free critiques go, Um, like you said, Hunter, I, I also believe that there is a hard, there is likely a ceiling to what these movies can be. Um, however, this, this movie executes well on every level. I'm not entirely sure, uh, if it fully lands on the ultimate message that it is setting itself up for, I guess, because it's playing with the general theme of like all of these movies that I've been mentioning of, uh, the the people's willingness to look the other way if it benefits them personally uh the importance of truth as opposed to uh hypocrisy uh, regardless of the consequences um but toward the end i don't know i feel like it got a little bit confused in the last 10 minutes totally agree with, to, with with regards to that specific message yeah, yeah i i was going to wait until
1: spoilers which i will wait until spoilers we might as well just get into it yeah let's just go and get into yeah it. it's a good movie it's on hbo um it's also going to be. We even talk about the release of it. This is an HBO film, it's going to be one of the flagship films available at launch on HBO Max.
0: Interesting. Okay, Which it, did, it, it did come
1: out early now, it came out like a couple weeks ago. Now I'm this also
0: point. curious to see if it's eligible for Oscars, even though it had no. Uh, theatrical release planned at oh, all and it,
2: it also debuted in 2019 technically it, oh. well, it, but it debuted at tiff it never
1: actually like was going to debut at a theaters or anything yeah um, what's, so,
2: what's the move there is there like i think pre- therefore the it
1: process? does qualify because a lot of movies will premiere at like venice or tiff or something like that and then be released the following year yeah. okay um, yeah because nobody so picked it possible. up no studio
0: got it and then hbo was like all right sure we'll pick it up and, and put yeah. it on." on our service. So the Hugh Jackman best actor run starts right now. Um, He was robbed for Van Helsing. So this will correct it.
2: This is Um, honestly like, I'd be fine with this movie garnering awards, regardless of context like this. I, this was a very enjoyable movie for me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Highly recommend it's on HBO right now. It's a pretty fun breezy
2: watch uh with an intellectual sort of flair to it and Uh, yeah and a lot of a lot of good uh dark humor um which is something that movies like this tend to be lacking critically they they tend to take themselves very seriously and this movie does but it also gives you plenty of time to just like be like wow these people fucking suck and are stupid And,
0: and like you said it doesn't feel too laborious you know, it, it it does feel like you can learn something without it feeling like a big old lesson that you have to, yeah. you know, endure. Uh, it's a good time. So, Bad Education, spoilers, starting right now.
1: So, Are we sure that this film knew uh, who the good guys were?
0: Um, (laughs) Well, all right. So, yeah, I guess we can have that conversation first. So my whole point about Hugh Jackman being cast in the lead role and, again, comparing him, how you brought up the... uh, Listeners, go ahead and and pull up a photo of Frank uh, Tassone. (laughs) My guy is uh, not anywhere close to looking like the hunk that Hugh Jackman is. So, you know, we're left with a performance that is very charismatic and takes probably the first almost half hour of the movie to really sell how likable this guy is before things get muddy. Um, and when you look at how the real guy was, it's like, come on. This guy, you're really going to trust this guy? to I, not be sketchy like you look at him and you're like oh, of course he's a fucking thief. Yeah, I
1: would immediately distrust <laughs> this dude if I saw him. He looks like he is in like he's in some kind of skee- New York business. Exactly. Like so
0: the movie raises the question and it, and it's tough to say where it lands that like just because you do evil things doesn't mean you're an evil person. And it it tries to, like, explore that gray area of, like, yes, you can be this good person with good intentions who is capable of heinous evil acts, right? And it kind of lands in that gray area. But it's, you know, given the fact that it's a true story, it does sort of end up a little bit confused, like you said, Drew, as to what the point it is that it's trying to make because this guy in real life was just awful in every way just a terrible terrible fucking person
2: yeah he's a he is a sociopath and they play around with that idea but we never get to the root of what is driving him aside from the very very end in which we see that he truly just wants the approval of everyone around him uh, but what about all the rest of everything that he's done? Like, well, I think it, the
0: movie's also trying to
2: say that, like, maybe he just cared about the school. Well, that's the other and thing that is he we wanted get this, what's best for the school. Yeah, we get this monologue where he's talking to that shitty mom with her dumb kid at the like at the very <laughs> very end, and he's yeah he's giving this monologue that we're led to believe is like a good faith like you know his his true views of just like you know give some more love to your teachers, but this is also the man that uh stole two million dollars from his teachers yeah <laughs> like yeah. so where are where well, do from they everybody want us to, from the whole community yeah, yeah so where do they want us to end up that really confused me and i'm not sure that uh they knew exactly where exactly. they wanted us to end up i, it I, is I did want to say that uh because you just brought up that scene that entire
1: scene i mean that is the oscar reel scene for them to have it, him talking about acceleration and everything, and just like, you're in the Indy 500, and a bears into you, and there's a five-ton cinder block on the back. What do you do? You rev that car! You break that rope! That was absolutely just... I was hoping that we would get Hugh Jackman freak-out mode, because he doesn't do that enough in movies. He does it in Prisoners, which is why it's also one of his better performances, <laughs> but I want Hugh Jackman freaking out more, because he's so good at playing the Cool, calm, and collected character, and then also having those big explosive moments. Yeah, and well, I and loved just seeing where he started in this film to where he ends up, just completely fucking yeah. unhinged. And I, I, again, incredible. I do,
0: I do love how the structure of the movie is with how it sets up the character. Right. And we do have this great ensemble, extended cast, but it does just focus on him. It zeroes in on him. And it, it takes its time. Like I put on this movie thinking for some reason that it was about students cheating and like people getting away with cheating something. I don't know why I thought maybe because it's called Bad Education. I don't know. Not to be confused with the uh, Pedro Almodovar film bad education which somehow a lot of people are um but i thought it was going to be this uh cheating movie and then it, very quickly i realized oh no not at all this is going to be about like embezzlement of money and the turn in the story for when that plot point actually starts to show itself for real happens like almost not not the halfway mark, but maybe like the one-third mark in. So you have like this whole big first act where it's all just like, let's show how good of a superintendent Hugh Jackman is and how much people love him and how great he is at his job. And well, that, that was, works wonders for the, for the character and for the plot. Well, that was another reason I was saying about, I love
1: how... Uh, Frank's character, like his first conversation that he has with Rachel. he's telling her like there's no such thing as a puff piece. So you can always just look deeper. You can always find an angle in everything that you do and everything that you write That's what they'll teach you at Northwestern, doing all this stuff, and how that is the thing that comes back to bite them in the ass. I doubt that that exact conversation happened in real life. But no, that's still, a it's, yeah, it's a movie it's thing. It's great movie writing. It's still
0: well, the, it's great for that. The Rachel character is sort of a fake made for the movie character.
1: Was it multiple uh, students who were yeah, on this thing? Yeah, it was. That, it was multiple students. There
0: was there was a female student reporter, but it wasn't it wasn't this person that we see in the movie. Um, and the way it actually played out, it wasn't as. Neat for it to for a movie to work, you have to set up things and have them pay off in a way that is satisfying. And in in real life, it doesn't always work that way. And in real life, I think it took a much longer time for her reporting to actually give way to the story being known, and then for other papers to pick it up, and then arrests be made, and all those types of things.
2: Yeah, but that all I, I like, I don't care about those yeah. uh yeah. <laughs> differences. If, if those you are make all completely a good movie, irrelevant.
0: if you make a good movie, you make a good movie, you know?
2: Yeah, but that's also <laughs> why I think because mechanically it made so many right moves in terms of simplifying that I think it's such a critical error to separate Jackman and Janny so early because they are the only two characters who know the full extent of what each other are doing. This is how we would have unlocked Jackman's character way earlier, which I didn't want to fully. Uh, unlock the the entirety of his psyche, but the scene in which she's, for example, drilling him on uh, teacher names and like hobbies, uh, that is extremely revealing. Um, but yeah, that, it, it it that that dynamic was such a, a rare it seemed like a a buddy situation that you don't see so often in movies in which both actors. Are just at their fucking best, and together are both elevated. And these characters have a weird relationship. For example, it's it's implied that Allison Janney knows that uh, he, uh, Frank is gay, mm-hmm. uh, which no other character knows, literally, except for like the men that he's with. But she says, "Oh well, she's definitely not your type." And then they both have a giggle. Um, that it, I, I I cannot parse out in my head why they would completely make him cut her off like before even halfway through the movie give us one scene maybe he cuts her off but then they have one scene back together where like they they really duke it out about everything that went down
0: yeah you're right it, i it didn't even consider a that. lot
2: to this movie i think yeah. It yeah. and this movie is already really good but that was a very striking omission for me especially because this movie isn't too long when it really could be
0: and I think, yeah, I think the thing there is that Allison Janie kind of disappears from the movie a little mm-hmm. bit in the back half. Yeah, she's um, her
2: her presence
0: is essentially replaced by Rachel. Exactly. Yes. And she kind of overtakes, and then there's like the little subplot with her father, which honestly I would have loved more there because yeah, I liked, that was I liked a her good dad moment. a lot
2: too. Yeah. I enjoyed the character and I enjoyed hearing snippets of what the fuck happened to him, but um yeah, I think there could have been a little more there. Uh, but I also don't want this to be three hours. But still, this could have been a little over two, and I would have been very pleased if yeah, what I mean, was filled in was, like, equally good.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, it is... It, it's kind of unfortunate, but even, I mean, if I was going to expand anybody's role, like, that's in the secondary cast of this film, I it's our boy, Jimmy Tatchero as Jim <laughs> yeah. Boy. Just because... <laughs> Which, one, doesn't that guy just play a fuck up so well? Yeah, yeah he's so, he's he's so he's so good at being so stupid.
0: <laughs> I mean, his, um, his name is Jimmy in the movie. Jim. Jim Boy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just no, but, himself. like,
1: there's, like, Allison Janie is, like, mad at him. Because, like, he is the reason why all this went to shit, is this one kid and just being stupid and going to, like, how many... First of all, how many Ace Hardwares are there on Long Island uh, for one? <laughs> but I... <laughs> Either way, like he's just going to all these different stores to buy everything on this one day without thinking anything about it. And then after that, he just kind of goes away. Alice and Janie character just kind of goes away. And I just, I wanted more with their family and their whole dynamic and everything because not only did Janie know, everybody in the family knew about this. Like this was a whole cover up where they just all agreed, like, yeah, no, we'll just get like an extra million dollars a year and that's fine. And And I think that that, the other thing is is so interesting.
0: The other thing is like, to that point, you know, you go back, you go, you go to the scene where they talk about how it all started, you know, with one bagel and, you know, this dollar 50 cent bagel or whatever that they put on the school card. And then it was another thing and another thing. And then 10 years go by and it's this millions and millions of dollars embezzlement scheme. And it just makes you think that like, because, they're all taking care of each other and they're all sort of in cahoots in a way, it makes you think like, this is a real story. How many other of these stories are going on that people are just getting away with it. And nobody, yeah, it, it just, it kind of breaks your brain open a little bit and you're like, Holy shit, this probably happens all the fucking time because Honestly, it kind of comes down to the 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 accountant guy, the auditor guy, who's too chicken shit to say anything about it or to even catch it, and everybody else knows that he's kind of a weakling, so they know they can get away with it. And it just makes you think like this is probably everywhere, you know. I mean, you look at it
2: cooked everywhere. Yeah, like you you look at government. Yeah, my mom is a public education teacher, and this has happened at her school, and it was shoved under the rug. Yeah, Uh, because the school, like much like in this movie, doesn't want everyone to know because it makes the school look bad. Yeah, regardless if it was just one dumb fuck who did it,
0: and it's tied to like real estate, property values, and all of these other things. It's just this big old mess, and then people end up, you know, cushioning their wallets with it. It's fucking. Well, I mean, it's not
1: even just. It's not even just public school systems. I mean, it's probably like arguably the worst version of it because it's the education of minors that are being uh like kind of held against people's own personal interests but this happens just in anything where people are getting taxpayer money that people misuse of taxpayer money happens all the time whether it's government work whether it's whatever like or misuse of different finances like I mean, without uh, throwing any person under the bus, like my mom used to work for a certain person who would just often buy luncheons and stuff for like her and her employees and stuff on the company, just throw it on that company car yeah, a like, few hundred bucks here and there, like once a week. And like, whatever you think about all that kind of stuff, it's like, oh man, that is Really, really starting to pile up now. Like, exactly.
0: And I, I think like this that, happened. that's kind of what this movie is trying to explore. And I don't know if it fully succeeds, but I do admire, for, admire it for trying. And it's like, there is this little bit of gray area, right? That let's say you are that person putting things on the company card. You shouldn't be doing that that's a bad thing to do because it's unethical immoral and frankly, probably illegal, but that doesn't immediately make you, uh, an evil criminal person. There are these like shades of gray in between and it's a tough, it's a tough thing. You know, I don't think there's a right answer to that. Uh, I think that, that you do have to have a moral code and, when you do something bad you have to suffer the the consequences of it which by the way uh it's revealed at the end of this movie that the people in real life are still being paid by the uh i guess new york state yeah the state yeah like hundreds of thousands of dollars a year Are you fucking kidding me?
1: (laughs) Well, I think that if anything, this movie is more about... I took it more as the central message. Of course, it's like it's bad to steal money and everything else, but it was more so for me about the danger of snowballing. Yes. It starts with just this one thing, and then this next thing, and this next thing, and next thing you know, you're paying thirty thousand dollars for dry cleaning over the last decade and stuff like that like there's it is these little things that just keep adding up and it's more so about that's where i think that this movie i think that's the message that they really did nail was on the dangers of just kind of this snowball effect that happens whenever you do like one little bad thing honestly i mean and this is a thing that happens with theft all the time anyways like most shoplifters and stuff—they start off just like stealing a thing of chapstick or something—and mm-hmm. then you're like, "Oh, we'll I'll just go in there and I'll just promise this pair of jeans and walk out." And it's like things like this that just keep adding up.
0: Yeah, and and it's almost at a certain point, it's kind of like the the um I, I guess in this case because he is in charge of a school, it's kind of like the the Walter White of it all, where it's like, "Who did you really do it for?" You know, he claims that it's for the betterment of the school and he cares about the students and he just wants what's best for the school. Yeah. But, but really, then, but then, you know, my guy's getting plastic surgery on his face.
2: Yeah. And first class uh, tickets over to London.
0: Mm hmm. With, with, uh, with his, his uh, hot
2: little boy toy. Yeah. Oh, which,
0: yeah. Thank you for reminding me. So Raphael Casal plays uh, Kyle. Kyle. And, you know, again, with Hugh Jackman being humanized and being portrayed in this, kind of more approachable charismatic way he is cheating on his like partner of 30 plus years with this former student and they're able to portray it in a way where you are mad at him for cheating on his partner but you're also like really attached to this new relationship that is blossoming the scene in the in the dance club, where uh, Frank doesn't want to dance, and then Kyle pulls him up to dance. I was like, "Man, this is this is some good movie making right here." Just electric performances, great vibe. Um,
2: great really, soundtrack too. That song was a great choice there. Yeah, um, and By it continues way, on into the next scene. It becomes the music across the board.
0: Yeah, it's killer. Is so good. There's like these moments where it becomes really operatic. Mm-hmm. and it, it just kind of yeah. it captures the the
2: downfall of this guy. I mean, guy. S- skipping ahead, the choice to cut to credits on White Flag by uh, oh, Dito, that gave so me goosebumps. Good. Like, sitting and watching that, I got goosebumps because it's one of those moments where you're like, I don't know how they came to that conclusion, but this song is flawless for this moment. Oh, and I also, mean, that's, was, like an, that's also an incredible uh, pop song, too. Right. Yeah
1: i mean white flag is like in my top 50 favorite songs of all time so Whoa. i just love hearing it anywhere i think that song is perfect in every single way but yeah it's so i good. it's one of those times as soon as i heard the instrumentals kick in like i just sat there through the credits and everything and let yeah, yeah up, me too. i too <laughs> the whole movie just <laughs> wash over me at that moment because just the best picture perfect just yeah. kiss song choice right there in the film um I did want to say, I mean, I was uh, kind of worried because we get that one little moment early on. And once again, I knew nothing about this film. Um, but we get the moment before they even go to Vegas where uh, Frank fires, forces resignation with um, Allison Janney's character. Um, I'm blanking on her name. Um, but they uh, he like forces her to resign and she gives him the thing like, you're the real soci- sociopath. And I was really worried that we were going to go down like a, a American Psycho kind of thing when <laughs> we started obviously flirting with the bartender man in Vegas.
2: <laughs> so fucking kills him.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I was just like, Jesus, what's going to happen here? Like, I literally anything could happen right now. I know some gay shit's going to happen, but what else is going to go down? It's just, um, it's,
2: yeah, it that's that's ultimately, it's it's not like a huge shortcoming, but I wanted more reconciling like the fact that this is a bad man by well, at the no, end of the movie yeah so
1: i did like it's very like there's these little subtle hints throughout and one of the main ones i picked up on was that whenever he got back in town and went back to his husband um he didn't even tell him that he went to vegas to draw us suspicion. he said he went to omaha for the conference like just to say like we're going to omaha like there's no way that anything malicious could happen there which is something that like sociopathic and serial liars do is that you don't just like lie about like and just not say this one thing you create you fabricate this whole other world that
2: you lived in yeah that is well it's just
1: completely separate it's from also
2: it's also a different thing like i don't want to i don't want everyone to think that like like we're dumb guys like we just thought he was genuinely good guy i knew from the jump that he was a bad guy just see, he was he was slimy he was so ultra calculated yeah there's there is never any character that calculated that is a good person in any movie regardless of what his involvement in the scandal would be uh however i like you said it right up front hunter i didn't quite know if the movie knew yeah what, what the deal was with him
1: yeah which i mean that's my i made, because and maybe it is that Hugh Jackman is just so charismatic
2: yeah. that you're still
1: rooting a for him the whole time. It. But you know that he's a bad guy from as soon as Allison Janey gets caught. And he could very easily say to press charges and do all these things. And he says, no, you know what? Let's just do this other plan where we'll just basically sweep this under the rug. We'll force her to leave. But we'll otherwise, we'll just sweep this under the rug. And then it will all be forgotten about. That well, he's is just trying to protect himself. You well, know, yeah, know at that because, point and well at that point you're led to believe that he's trying to protect the school because they're trying to get this skywalk which do we know what a skywalk is
2: it's um, a, it's literally just a cosmetic thing there's a like w- get people around to the school like, yeah you know it's, you know, it's like it, an overhead walkway
1: yeah i, I mean i guess like I don't, I don't know i don't get it but like it's all just for like this one thing or to keep the school so they can keep having kids get into ivy league schools and everything else like that but I think actually it's not, it's all selfish intentions.
0: I think that brings up a, a point to tie into the, the notion of the movie being a little bit too trimmed down where you have the sort of um it, it, it ties into the, um, the reporting side of it, the sort of like fake construction company thing that's going on. Like that could have been a whole subplot. You know, it like exploring how they manage to set up these uh fake construction companies to to aid in the embezzlement. But I do I do think that at a certain point you would get a movie that's a
2: lot more bogged down yeah, no, that, by all these other threads if you give them more time. That mm-hmm. to me I did not need at all. Okay, uh, yeah. Those specifics I was fine without, but I I just I wanted more character moments because mm-hmm. yeah. that's but what movies more, should fucking be about.
0: But that could have character moments, you know, because that could explore the Jimmy Tatro character more, or the Allison Janey character more, or whoever her husband. I guess that's her husband character. Yeah, it, yeah, it's her husband. Um and uh yeah and also the the Rachel character with the dad and 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 him ending up helping her with her reporting, you know, you could have given things like that a little bit of more time, but I do think ultimately I prefer the more trimmed down version because it, it ends, I think it would end up being a little bit too of a, of a mess. You know, if you start to elongate certain things at a certain point, you would just have to like remove elements Uh, Yeah, I agree. And the way it is now, like it does seem a little bit kind of um, abridged, uh, but I think it just makes for a little bit of a tighter.
2: Yeah, I think here's here's an analogy. I think that uh, movies that are based on true events are a lot like a good steak. I'd rather it be a little undercooked than a little overcooked. How about that? That's fair. Nice. Okay.
1: Yeah, that's fair. I um I mean I, I I'm a
2: vegetarian, so oh uh, it's, it's a lot like it's, it's uh, a lot like a nice <laughs> piece of lettuce. Um, it's a lot like tempeh, I guess.
1: <laughs> I no, so I I do agree with you guys because I like that they went. I feel like if they would have added more to this film, there is a chance that it would have become a little bit preachy, which is why I don't like. That's a reason why, I like. Yes. As much as like, I I think Spotlight is a fine movie, but I have no, I, uh, before me doing my Oscar watch through, I never planned on watching Spotlight ever again. I was like, I watched this one time and I got it. Um, and,
2: and the post but, is as preachy as it gets.
1: Well, the post is even worse because the post is a worse movie than Spotlight. Um, but I would rather have a film that's, Maybe a bridge, like you guys said, but is entertaining because of that. And yeah. it has they didn't forget to make good a good movie. Pace. Like that's I care more about the movie aspects than I care about the true life aspects.
0: Yeah, this movie never lulls. It it yeah. it carries you all the way through to the end without really stumbling. And you do get to the end and you feel like maybe you got there a little bit too quick but it doesn't it doesn't feel like anything was missing no
2: this is such an this is such an enjoyable movie um like i don't yeah i don't want there to be any confusion about that this regardless of if we were watching a ton of movies or just the very few that we're getting this was one of my favorite movies that i've seen in general this year i had a lot of i had a lot of fun with it it was just like it's just a good hang it's just a good watch
0: And I I'm glad that Hugh Jackman is out of X Men land now because I I just think he's going to be giving us way more interesting roles.
2: Yeah. Well, and uh, same with I mean I'm certainly going to be keeping my eye on Corey Finley moving forward. I still haven't seen Thoroughbreds, but uh, from what I understand, that's more of like a moody aesthetic movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm assuming that's largely because first of all, that was his debut, and he was 28. Uh, second of all, he wrote that. And Mike Mikowski, who's 29 years old now, uh, he has two other features to his name, neither notable, but he's in his late 20s. And this script, I think, is better than any Josh Singer script. Uh, oh, which, <laughs> way better. Yeah, but this—that's a guy who won Best Picture. You know, like this is a very promising uh, effort from like such a young guy. Like I'm, I'm watching him moving forward too.
0: Yeah yeah, and, yeah I mean, and again with Corey Findlay, like we said it at at the beginning, but he makes some really great choices that don't come off as like, you know, hey, look at me. I'm directing. you know, it's it's very subtle, like the the shot of all of the the staff, the the board, school board members huddled together in that small, like, Closet office room or whatever when they're talking to Alice and Janie and they're all just crammed in the frame. you know it's like that's that's a good director right there to, to frame your shot like that. So I did, and have I did them all up, like crowd around Hugh Jackman.
1: Yeah, I wanted to bring up that conference room specifically because another moment or I guess two moments of the movie that I love is whenever we have that first moment uh, the early on the film where they're all cramped in that small office space together. And then in the moments when it's just Hugh Jackman by himself at the end of the film with just the auditor talking to him and there's so much dead space around him. Mm-hmm. And you can really, it's in the same room, but just the way that he frames the camera and those shots, yeah. you can feel the emptiness there yeah. that he has lost everyone around
0: And him. And there's a lot of POV shots too from Hugh Jackman's perspective. Like there's there's these moments where you're just like in it and you have like people looking at him or there's like one moment in particular where he's having that that talk with Ray Romano uh, and, on the bleachers and Ray Romano yeah. walks away and the camera just holds on the empty bleachers where Ray Romano is just standing. And you do get put in this guy's head a little bit. Um, not emotionally per se, but just kind of like spatially, you do feel like, the, the eyes on you. And then the once it all starts to fall apart, the emptiness.
2: Yeah, it's it's just lovely. And Finley is a really interesting story. Uh, the more that you delve into his past, because the first uh, s- like f- script for a film that he ever wrote was Thoroughbreds. And it was approved, like, it wasn't like he had it on the back burner or anything. It was approved, like, really, really quickly, and everything went into motion. And he wasn't much of a director either, but he secured the rights to direct it somehow. And uh, now he's just running with it, because it turns out he's extremely good at it. When his history is in playwriting, actually, and, like, acting for theater, uh, Thoroughbreds- which is why- is very play like. Well, so is this. That's why this uh, is a, like this fits his style because it's a smaller story. Yeah. Um. There, there are not you know incredible uh, pyrotechnics and theatrics to it. It's just it focuses on the humanity of its characters in a very theatrical way. Uh. So yeah, I, I'm I'm just generally a fan of this movie and I'm a fan of uh, everyone involved in making it. Honestly.
1: I really hope this movie is available for awards contention. Because I think there's so many aspects of this movie, specifically with the cast and some of the technical stuff that we were just talking about that should get some kind of awards love. I mean, my God, like I know we have been praising Hugh Jackman, but I I like you said Eris, I'm so happy that he's out of X-Men land because honestly, I would probably put for the rest of his career the over under for Oscar wins at like one, one and a half.
2: Yeah. He I probably really, win at yeah. one and a
1: half. He's definitely going to win an Oscar. Like with, he, he really I really did I'm blow me to away. Bet a shit ton of money that he is such an incredible actor, and now he's going to have so much more, so many more chances in top tier films. And films, well, I mean, movies like this generally do get love from the Academy. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, true uh, stories, hopefully. of course. Yeah. yeah, sociopaths for sure. I mean, last year. Joaquin, he got it. He nailed it. Um, yeah, Joker is based on a true story. It is. Um, yeah, that story is called America. <laughs> Society. <heard> of it? <laughs> um, if you look at the release schedule, virtually everything's being pushed back. Some things into late 2020. If things like don't get released before the cutoff for Oscars. Hugh Jackman could just waltz his way to a best actor win. If there's no other competition, if nothing else of note comes out.
1: Well, especially we haven't even talked about it, but the change in Oscar rules this year, that now if studios claim that they originally were going to have a movie in theaters, if they just claim that they were planning to put it in theaters, but it just went straight to streaming due to Corona, then it is eligible for oscars which is different from the past so i mean hbo could easily just say like oh yeah no we we were totally planning yeah. on playing this in theaters whether they actually were or not and then make this awards eligible like yeah. why not let's just have fucking bad education invisible man sweep the oscars this year and
0: of course trolls world tour for best um saint francis maybe is that eligible St. Francis. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe.
1: Yeah. Birds of prey.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: Margot I Robbie. I mean, I uh, give. Do, I'd little, give supporting to, to Do Jenny. little wins yeah. best.
1: Uh, best animated feature.
2: Oh probably. Um, oh really, this is just to me. This movie felt like really good prestige television. That's the vibe of it. It's it's breezy. It's just great to have on. Um, there is a mini series in this story that could have existed, but mm-hmm. I'm I'm really happy with what they came up with in a feature length film
0: oh yeah i mean i'd rather watch the the movie version of this than the feature or sorry the the feature rather than the tv series for sure the tv series would feel like uh it, it would be way more difficult to have what is presented here work in like eight to 10 episodes what's presented here would work in like five or six episodes maybe
2: yeah the vibe though still to me just it just had the feeling of prestige television where it's it's light and airy but also has a lot of weight um and in this it's it's just not afraid to to goof off a little and maintain its its headiness Mm -hmm. more more movies need to take this lesson from prestige television like breaking bad and the sopranos for example are some of the funniest shows like ever Um, they will just have full asides to get into comedy when they want to, because it's a long ass show and they have time for it. And uh, movies do too. They just don't think they do. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, I think we can wrap it up there. Great movie. Um, Hope you checked it out. If you listened through, what are you doing? Watch the movie, go see it. Um, Also go see thoroughbreds guys. I really recommend thoroughbreds. If you enjoyed this one, um, it is the final performance we got from Anton Yelchin. Rest oh, in peace. rest in peace. Also, Olivia Cook uh of Ready Player One fame. Anybody? <laughs> Anybody? Not, let's, not gonna, let's not gonna
1: mention my girl, Anya Taylor Oh, Taylor. of
0: course, Anya Taylor Joy, the, the witch. Yeah. Um our our ascending to the heavens, which all right. Well, I think that about does it for this week. Let us know what you thought of the movie. If you enjoyed it, or maybe you disagreed with us at Mic on Twitter and mic at gmail.com. Follow us on Letterboxd and Twitter, and uh, you can send us a voicemail at anchor.fm slash Mic, and also donate. Thank you to Brett and Brian for donating every month. You can join them as well keep us going keep us chugging along help us pay for our hbo subscriptions help us pay for our food on the table Mm -hmm. you know daddies yeah i i was able to eat this week not because of trump's stimulus but because of the donations that we get
1: everybody keep please keep in mind this isn't trump's personal money it's your own taxpayer money coming back to you (laughs)
0: <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, all right any any final thoughts i guess we should say that we are running a um I'll, i touched the, uh, on this on the other episode that you'll hear this week but we are running a special uh promotion where you'll receive a copy of harry potter in the chamber of secrets if you leave a review for we bought a Mike, five stars on apple podcasts so try your luck try your bets um, maybe this is how you win. Thanks for listening.
2: That's it. sounds like the most soulless ad copy. That you're, <laughs>
0: you're just like, maybe this is how you win.
2: All Leave right, us a five-star week. review and you'll get a copy of Chamber of Secrets on <laughs> DVD. Peter Rabbit 2. The search for the big gooey <laughs> strawberry. All right. Well, <laughs> bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs>